Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome to the Imam Ali conference. Today we will discuss human rights and Abrahamic traditions. Today joining us we have Samahat al-Sheikh Vinay Katia and Reverend Kenneth J. Flowers. I would like to introduce um, both of them today. So Dr. Sheikh Vinay Katia is an author and has a PhD in religious studies. He is a university lecturer and a researcher of religious studies. He has published several academic papers and various subjects from Islamic law. He has studied in various Islamic seminars, including in Najaf and Qom. Reverend Kenneth James Flowers has, has been the um, senior pastor of the Greater New M.T. Moria Missionary Baptist Church in Detroit for 28 years. Prior to that, he served as a director of the Immaculate Black Campus Ministry Program at UCLA and a pastor of the Messiah Baptist Church in Los Angeles. He has visited the Imam Hussein Shrine in Karbala and he is an interfaith leader and a human rights activist. Um, human rights is a very important subject and we can learn a lot from the Bible and from the Quran regarding the subject. Um, and we I mean, like the the right to vote was um, introduced thousands of years ago, whereas we're, we've been taught this today. And um, we like to, we like to discuss um, a lot from the Quran and from the Bible and what our faith teaches us about human rights. Thank you so much for joining us, Samahati Sheikh Vene and um, Reverend. It's nice to have you today. Good to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I would like to start off with. Um, Sheikh Vinay, um, and what does Imam Ali teach us um, with regards to human rights? What can we learn from him? Imam Ali السلام, teaches us the basic element, uh, like one basic lesson, which then has such profound implications that human beings are of two types. They're either your brethren in faith or your likeness in humanity. But either way, we all share this common humanity. And that common humanity must be respected and the dignity of every human being must be respected. And this is something that we see throughout his caliphate, throughout his rule, um, the rights of all of his subjects, as he was the Khalifa of the Muslims, the leader of the Muslims, the rights of all of his subjects were respected regardless of religion. And one of the greatest examples of this can be seen in the letter that um, that he wrote to Malik al-Ashtar in Egypt when Malik al-Ashtar was ruling over Egypt and the guidance that he gave to them, to him with regards to the rights of the people. That people have a right to be treated fairly, to be treated with justice, meaning um, they have a right not to be treated in an arbitrary fashion but to be given due process. And I think that is a very important thing, um, that no one has a right to just usurp their property, usurp their wealth, usurp something that belongs to them. There has to be due process. And I think that is an important element of having checks and balances um, with, with regards to authority. And people have that essential right to be protected from usurpation. And Reverend, what can we learn from the teachings of Jesus, alayhi when it comes to human rights? 
Well, first of all, thank you for, for having me and salam alaikum to all of you, my brothers and my sisters. I greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Uh, Jesus teaches us that all of us, all of humanity was created in uh, God's image. If you go back to Genesis chapter one, uh, God said, let us make man a woman in our image. So we're created in the image of God and we're to have dominion over the other creation, the birds, the fish, the fowl, but we're not to have dominion over each other. So Jesus teaches us to love everyone. He teaches us that all of us have basic rights, that we're to love our neighbors as ourselves. We are to love our enemies. We are to pray for them who persecute you and do evil things against you. He teaches us that whatever we do, we must always lift up God, but also lift up our brothers and sisters. He teaches us that each of us have the right to food, clothing, shelter, deliverance, freedom, justice, equality. Uh, he gives a parable about the, the sheep and the goat. And he says that when the, the son of man comes to his kingdom, he will then uh, say to those on the right, uh, come into the kingdom with be with me because when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was sick or in prison, you came to see about me. Then those on the right will say, Lord, when did we see this? When did we do this unto you? And he will say, when you've done it to the least of these, my brothers and my sisters, you have done it unto me. So that we must reach out to the least of those, to those who are our brothers and our sisters, the left out, the locked out, the downtrodden, we must reach out to help them. He also teaches us in Luke chapter four, verses 18 through 19, Jesus said that the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering the sight to the blind. So he teaches us that we must fight for freedom and justice and equality. And that all of us, all of us are created in God's image. And because of that, we are our brothers and our sisters keeper. And we'll do whatever we can to make sure that everyone has basic human rights. And I would like to also ask you, because you've been to Karbala and you visited Imam Hussein's shrine and You've been around many mosques, um, yes. Muslims and around the America. Um, what similarities do you see between the two religions, between Christianity and between Islam? The, the, the similarities I see is, first of all, a love and a devotion for God and a love and devotion for each other. When I went to Kabbalah in uh, 2019, it was a powerful, powerful spiritual experience uh, to see the, the, the thousands of of, of pilgrims, Muslim pilgrims there gathering around the shrine and touching it and weeping and wailing and crying. It did something to my spirit. I felt the power of God just being in the presence of the shrine. And when I touched the shrine, the outer part of the shrine, I felt the power of God go through me. But I looked and I saw the devotion that the, 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 the Muslims had to, to Imam Hussein. And I thought about the devotion that we have to Jesus the Christ. I thought about their love for God Almighty, our love for God Almighty. I thought about their love for peace and brotherhood and justice in the world and how Imam Hussein was a martyr who was whose life was taken fighting for justice and freedom. And I think about 
Jesus' life was taken from, uh, from us as well. So great similarities, love, justice, peace, freedom, but the love of God and the love for humanity. That's great. And Sheikh Benet, you, mashallah, you've written loads of books and um, lectured many um, Muslims around the world. Um, what similarities can you see between the Christian Christianity faith and the Muslim faith when it comes to human rights? There's a wonderful question. Uh, there's so much to discuss, but if I was to choose one thing, it is a struggle for the downtrodden on behalf of the downtrodden in this world. Islam and Christianity through the message of Christ, Islam through the message of the Quran and the message, of course, of the prophet and the, and the imams and the, the righteous give a voice to the voiceless. If we look at the early mission of the prophet, who are the people that surrounded him? So many poor people, people of color, Slaves. These, he gave them hope in a society that saw no hope in them. The Prophet himself, sallallahu alayhi wa wasallam, was an orphan in a society that had no social welfare system of, of that time. Um, and he married a woman of high status. I mean, what does that show? That every human being has a right. That 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 what matters in the eyes of God is your piety. What matters is the substance and the content of your character. That is what he wanted. That is the revolution that he brought about in society through the message of God in the Quran. And that is the message of Imam Ali. And that is the message of all the prophets of God. They are friends of the poor, friends of the downtrodden, friends of the weak, friends of those who have been disenfranchised by society and the world. And that is... I think one of the most beautiful commonalities when it comes to human rights between the message of Jesus, peace and blessings be upon him, Jesus Christ, and, and Islam. Um, and, 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 you know, there, there's a beautiful book written by George Todak about a middle mu'mineen, Imam Ali, the commander of the faithful, faithful called Sot al-Adala al-Insaniya, the voice of human justice. That Ali was the voice of human justice. George Jodak was a Christian. It's Christian Lebanese. I don't know if he's still alive. It's a beautiful book called The Voice of Human Justice. And I remember Ayatollah Sayyid Ali Sistani himself telling me uh, a few years ago, recommending all people to read this book. If you want to know about what justice is in the life of Ali ibn Abi Talib, and it's not even written by a Muslim. Um, so there is so much in common, but one the main point, one of the points is to give a voice to the voiceless. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. And I like how both faiths um, try, like they encourage people to help people less fortunate than them. They encourage people to help the orphans. Um, I mean, our prophet, um, Imam um, Nabi Muhammad was an orphan and we can see that Imam Ali was the father of orphans. And I like that about uh, Christianity and about Islam is that they always they encourage people to help people that have less than them. I mean, I was raised in London and um, I grew up Muslim and I'm Muslim, but I was around many Christian Christian people, and um, I can see a lot of similarities when it comes to helping the poor and the, the needy. Um, and I would like to ask you, Reverend, if you could bring a story, maybe from the Bible or um, a quote well, from Jesus. 
Well, well, one of the things that Jesus teaches, he teaches so many parables. Um, one is the rich young ruler, how he tells the rich young ruler to give away all of his wealth, all of his riches, uh, and feed the poor, help the poor, help the oppressed. Uh, he talks about uh, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, which we know is the golden rule. Jesus talks about how we have to make sure that people realize that it's not about material wealth. It's about spiritual wealth, spiritual richness. And that if you really have the love of God in you and the Holy Spirit abiding in you, then Jesus teaches us that you are compelled by God to help those who are less fortunate, to help those who are oppressed, to help those who have been going through poverty and to bring about some type of justice. So Jesus teaches us that this is what you must do. This is the mandate. And he teaches this all predicated on love because Jesus tells us that God is love. And that's why he says to love your neighbor as yourself. But then he also says, love your enemies as well, because you can love your enemies. That shows the true love of God in your heart. So Jesus teaches us so many wonderful things, especially making sure that nobody is oppressed, downtrodden, uh, or even poor in this world. Thank you. And uh, Sheikh Vinay, um, could you give example from Imam Ali? Um, especially, he, he's known as the father of Imam Ali, he's known as the father of orphans. And um, when he died, uh, all the orphans were crying, where is our father? Yes, again, um, we have so many examples from his life, um, and not only from the life of, of Amir al-Mu'mineen, but the life of his children as well, but it's specifically in the life of Amir al-Mu'mineen as the leader and the Khalifa of Muslims, he felt it was necessary for him to live at the level of, we would say, those of the lower economic class of society. So the leader of them would live at that level, at that economic level. That's one thing. And there's a beautiful story, I'm sure you know, many people have heard, but especially you know, non-Muslims may have not heard this story before, which is one night where Middle Mu'minin would often go out. He had a sack of, um, I don't remember if it's flour or rice. And, you know, and he met a woman along the road. He helped her with her things, went inside her house. I'm just paraphrasing the story. Some details may not be exact, but the point is that he met a poor person in the street um, who is a widow who has orphans. He went in their house and these little orphans didn't know and the woman did not know that this was Khalifa al-Muslimin. This was the leader of the Muslims. Can you imagine today, this is like the head of state got on his knees like a little horsey so the kids could ride him. Can you imagine? Like this is a person who is the most powerful person in the Muslim empire at that time bringing himself down to the level of a little child just to bring a smile to that orphan or orphans. I mean, I mean, what does this teach us about giving, about just the virtue of bringing happiness to somebody, even if you don't have money, but you could have the richness of spirit, as Reverend already mentioned. And that richness of spirit is what we see in a middle mu'minin. We don't see it in a middle mu'minin. He is the definition of richness of spirit. It's not about seeing it within him. He is the definition and the epitome of what that, of what that means. And he also teaches us again, 
that the people that we that are often overlooked by society are the ones who have the greatest right over us. And um, he is following the teachings of the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him and his family, that the one who goes to sleep, you know, without concern for their neighbor, or if they're or or they go to sleep while their neighbor is hungry, that person is not from among us. Or someone from the ummah is hungry and they go to go to bed without concern for their hunger, right? So this is it's as much a state of mind as it is a way of life. The two go hand in hand, and all of it is done for one reason and one reason only, and that is to please God. And I wanted to ask you guys because this world is becoming more materialistic, and the especially for the youth of this generation, they want everything, and we we often forget these stories we forget these teachings because we're so into this world and we want this and we want that so if you could give um reverend one advice to the youth of this generation or to people in general what could they do to to like serve humanity i think i think the bottom line is as jesus has taught us it's not about the riches of this world it's about giving from your heart there's a story that jesus teaches uh about the widow who gives what is known as the widow's mite or the widow's offering. And she gave the least amount financially out of everybody present. But Jesus says she gave more than everyone present because she gave all that she had. It was all that she had to give. She gave it all from her heart. And Jesus says, many of you have given far more dollar-wise, but this woman has given more than any of you because she gave from her heart. And so the bottom line, I would say to every young person, make up your mind to commit to doing service to humanity, reaching out, helping somebody. There's a, a song that Dr. King used to quote, and I quote it as my favorite song, if I can help somebody as I pass along, if I can cheer somebody with a word or a song, if I can show somebody that he's traveling wrong, then my living will not be in vain. If I can do my duty as a Christian ought, if I can bring back beauty to a world once wrought, if I can spread love's message as the master taught, then my living shall not be in vain. So I charge young people to serve humanity, to reach out to help those who are in need, to build people up rather than tearing people down. And then your living will not be in vain because you're doing it based upon your love of God and your love of humanity. Thank you. And the Samahat al-Sheikh Vinay, what advice would you give to this generation? It's... I think the advice that I would give is again based on the Quran that our goal in life is to be among the muhsineen and to do ihsan that is to be have beautiful character to have to be to have beautiful character character and to exhibit beautiful characteristics and that can only be achieved as the Quran tells us when we give out of what we love it's not easy it requires us to give out of what we love for ourselves. That is only when we can develop beautiful character and beauty within. That beauty is cultivated through giving, not through taking. And that's the meaning of love, is to give and to serve. 
And that is the message of the Quran, right? And, and, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us again and again in the Quran, right? That the believers are those who give yeah, um, in, in difficult times and in good times, or in good times and in difficult times, right? Right? In, in good times and in difficult times. So the real test is when things are tight, do we still help? Or do we turn inwards and become selfish and self-centered? Everyone is seeking beauty and, beauty and and to become beautiful. But we have to follow that divine message that beauty is through beautiful actions and beautiful character. Um, I would like to thank you. We're out of time, but I would like to thank you both for um, joining us today. And thank you to the Imam Ali conference. Um, it's been a great discussion and we've learned so much. Assalamu alaikum wa barakatuh. Thank you so much for having me. God bless.